This is the God Made Man podcast, day number 19 of 90 days of putting lust to bed. Some years ago, I was talking with a friend of mine about this struggle, this battle that I've been having with lust and sexual temptations, and he said that he used to struggle with that as well. But then he prayed a prayer to God that God would just remove that desire from him, the desire to look at pornography and the desire to act upon these lustful temptations, these sexual temptations, and God did. He said he prayed a prayer, and then God removed that strong urge that he had to look ever again. So I began to pray the same prayer for myself as well. God, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm tired of struggling with this. Just remove this desire from me altogether. I prayed that prayer then, and I believed that God could answer that prayer. And I still believe to this day that God can do that if that's his will. But God didn't. And I'm glad he didn't. Let's get into it. I want to look at two verses from Proverbs chapter 14 today. And I want to talk about two things that I've learned from my struggles with lust and sexual temptations. Proverbs 14 verses 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Proverbs 14 15 says, The simple believes every word. In the Bible, when it says somebody is simple, it means that they're not wise. They're foolish. They don't really think. The simple believes every word, but the prudent man considers his steps. And this word prudent is the ability to govern, the ability to discipline oneself by the use of reason. It says acting or showing care for the future. It's a far-sighted approach and view of life. So when a prudent person is walking, they're not just thinking about the present moment, but they're thinking about the future. So why am I glad that, why, why did I say that I'm glad God didn't, didn't answer my prayer? It's because I've learned certain things about myself and about God that I would not have learned had I not struggled. If God had just removed that desire from me, that the, the urge to look at certain things and to act upon certain things, if I just miraculously was just relieved of that, there are certain things that I would not have learned there are certain things about myself and there are certain experiences that I would not have had with God had he answered my prayer. This idea is not anything new. In fact, it's been really popularized by modern culture. This idea that um, this idea of learning in our struggles, the idea of being comfortable in the uncomfortable, it's made really popular, especially by guys like David Goggins and Jocko Willink and you know, Jocko Willink, if you tell him any struggle that you're going through, he'll probably say, good. You know, in the way that only in the way that only Jocko can say it, he'll say good, because good. You're going through something that's going to make you better. You're going through something that's going to make you tougher and stronger and more knowledgeable at the end of it. So it's a good thing that you're going through certain things. And I want us to understand this. I want us to make sense of this. When we're dealing with specific temptations like lust or watching porn or the, the PMO cycle. I want us to attack this temptation in a logical, systematic, and prudent way. I want us to understand our way, like Proverbs 14 says. And I want us to ask and answer certain questions that are going to help us to do that. And these are questions that I've had to ask and answer myself, for myself. When did I first look at porn? How old was I? Where was I? How did it feel when I saw it for the first time? And why did I look again? Why did I 
go back to it. When and why do I watch porn? Is it when I am stressed? Is it when I feel lonely? Or is it just a bad habit? When do I feel tempted? Is there a particular time of the day? Is there a particular day of the week? And what typically, what typically goes on during that week or during that day? Is there a particular place where I feel more tempted? How much time is this taking from each day? What methods have I tried to overcome? Did it work? And why didn't it work if it didn't? Who have I talked to about this struggle and what did they say? These are, just a, these are just a few questions that we can ask ourselves to understand why we do what we do. And as I have gone through these questions myself, I'm able to look into my past and analyze it, really learn from it. And in doing so, it's helped me plan for the future when that temptation happens again. In addition to asking these questions, we need to pray to God for guidance to answer these questions. Only he understands his creation, truly understands his creation. Only he has a plan for our life that he knows, his will for our life. And when we ask him for guidance, he will reveal certain things to us that we might not even have thought about, about why we struggle with certain things, about why we've gone down certain paths of things that we have suppressed from our past, maybe trauma, maybe, maybe sexual abuse. There might be things that we have hidden from our past that are now rearing its head in our present with our struggles, with the temptations that we're going through, with things that we've just thought, that's just how I am. God can reveal to us what is really going on. We need to realize the power that our struggles have in our life. And I don't mean that in a negative, addictive way, like, oh, it's it's just like the struggle is so powerful in your life that you can't do anything about it. I don't mean it in that way. I mean, the power that you have when you, when you realize how the struggles can benefit your life, that makes sense. We can use our struggles to learn more about ourselves, our past, and our traumas, our thought processes, and our patterns. And we can use this knowledge to plan for the future. So asking these questions and more, you know, this is just the, the tip of the iceberg here, has helped me to understand as I've gone through these struggles, what is really going on. It's helped me to understand my way. It's helped me to understand where I came from, what I was struggling with, what I was thinking. Why did I go down a certain path? And then when it comes again, when the temptation comes again, I'm able to address it in a more knowledgeable, prudent way. The prudent man understands and considers his steps. Every thought that he takes is calculated. It's thought about why, who, where, when. All of it is calculated. In addition to understanding more of my own way, this struggle has helped me experience the grace, mercy, forgiveness, and the faithfulness of God in a way that I would not have experienced if he had just removed this from me. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 21, Peter shows up to Jesus and he asks Jesus, hey, Jesus, if, if a friend of mine, if a, if, a, if, a, if a guy, somebody else sins against me and I forgive him, how many times do I have to do this? Seven times? And Jesus looks at him and says, not seven times, but 70 times seven. On a human level, Peter was thinking, you know, seven is a great number. I mean, if you forgive somebody seven times, that's a lot of times for them to hurt you and you forgive them seven times. I'm sure he, he, he asked Jesus this question and Jesus, he was expecting Jesus to say, oh, wow, seven times. You can really do that? 
But no, Jesus, like he does with many other things, takes that standard, that human standard, and just exponentially blows it up. Not to make it so impossible that we'll never achieve it, although that is part of the effect, but rather he takes these standards and he sets them at the level at which God operates, a a near, not near, a perfect standard. He says not seven times, but 70 times seven. In fact, he's saying just just every time you forgive them, every time. And this wasn't just showing where humans should be forgiving each other, but rather this was also showing the depth of God's forgiveness, the standard at which God forgives us. And many times we find ourselves in the same sin over and over, so much so that we think that God is just done forgiving us. Like, how can I keep going to God for this same thing over and over and over and over again? And we believe this lie. We believe this lie that we're just too far gone for his forgiveness. And I'm not talking about living an unrepentant life of sin. That's not what I'm referring to here. I'm talking about where we're struggling with sins in our life, things that we are trying to overcome in a true and honest, desperate path to live a life that pleases God. Through my struggles, I have experienced God's love in ways that, you know, that verse where it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To know that with your mind is one thing. But to have experienced it with your life is a completely different thing. And that experience I've had, you know, I I can think of two to three distinct moments where God not only forgave me, but he blessed me in the middle of my unfaithfulness, in the middle of my sin. He not only answered my prayer, but he went further and gave me the things not only that I needed, but things that I had wanted as well. And it just broke me down to know that there was nothing in me that God could could credit to me as merit. It was only because of everything that he has done, not because of my faithfulness, but because of his. He's blessed me at the lowest moments of my life, and he loves me, not because of anything I've done, but simply because of who he is. And it is, uh, when I say it's a humbling experience, it's an under it's an understatement. It's a humbling experience that broke me down like nothing ever. It broke me down like nothing I've ever experienced before. And it brought me closer to God. It helped me understand his, in a a small way, experience his grace and love and forgiveness. I like, it's an under, it's an understatement to say how, how humbling that is, how broken I've been because of the goodness of God. I want to end this podcast with the lyrics of a song that I love, written by Jonathan McReynolds, and it's a song titled, God is Good. If you've never checked out his music, highly recommend it. It's just beautifully written. He's got a beautiful voice. It's a great song, and it goes like this. May your struggles keep you near the cross, and may your troubles show that you need God, and may your battles end the way they should, and may your bad days prove that God is is good. May your whole life prove that God is good. Your struggle is not in vain, my brother, my sister, but your struggle can be the very thing that God uses to help you learn more about yourself and the very thing that God uses to draw you closer and closer to him. Tomorrow, we're going to go over how our perspective about our struggles should change and how changing that perspective will make all the difference. Amen.